I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Last week, and I have others for later on, but I just wanted to make sure. Did Rhonda Douglas leave? Oh, Rhonda's right over there. Hey, Rhonda, you changing seat. You're not in the right seat. <laughs> you guys are confusing me. I, need a, I have a question. Did the 49ers win last week? Now, 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 I want to know how some of y'all knew that. <coughs> it got awful quiet. <laughs> 40, 49ers were playing at, 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 at 10, at 10 o'clock. <laughs> what time did the 49ers play today? Oh, 3.30. I... I have a question. What time does Bible study start on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Thank the Lord that um, I, the Lord told me that Marin City and Sausalito are going to have a power outage at 3.15 today. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all won't be able to see the game. Only lights that's going to be on is going to be at 639 Drake Avenue. And if they lose, they should be here Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> Acts chapter 10. We're going to continue from last week. Our topic, does anyone remember what the topic last week was? Yes. Cornelius breaking the mold wide open. That was the title. And today it is the same, but put behind that part two. Cornelius breaking the mold, wide open part two. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading. Actually, I'm going to read Acts 20, 10, verses 21 through 48. I want you to stand with me, please, if I, as I pray. Today, Lord, in this place, may the word of God be proclaimed with clarity. Our desire is that Christ will be seen, honored, and glorified. There is no salvation. There is no hope. There is no peace without Jesus Christ. No matter how good our testimonies may sound, if it does not include the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ, it is not evangelism. We pray today that we will remember that the word of God all points to Jesus Christ and that if he is not exalted and lifted up, there is no glory. Today we pray that in all that happens in this place and it continues to happen, you continue to be honored. Thank you for the devotion. Thank you for your presence. My God, my God, we honor you today and we pray that you be lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Acts chapter 10, verse 21 through 48. I want to thank God for t blessing Sister Chuck as we kept her in prayer. She had to go to San Diego as her brother-in-law passed. Our prayers have been with the family this past week. Put her on the list. I'm going to continue to lift them up in prayer. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse number 21. And it says, Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man 
who was respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and listen to this, and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask you, may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who was called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that the day that they be baptized. Let me go back. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Cornelius breaking the mold. 
wide open. God's word has always been a source of contention for people from the beginning of time. Always been a source of contention. Because of his choosing of the Jewish people to work through, and again, as I said last week, not because of their own righteousness, but because of God's grace. Satan has launched an all-out attack on the Jewish nation from without and within their own ranks. While many of the Jewish people thought that by God choosing them, they got stuck right there in the choosing and refused to go any further. They thought because we have been chosen, we've got it made. God's plan from the beginning of time was to bring others to himself, with the Jew being first. However, even though Jesus, who was God in the flesh, came through the Jewish people, his plan was to work through the Jews and not have them as the only ones to be chosen by God. The great mystery in the Old Testament hmm, is revealed to us in Acts 10 as Gentiles too were to be saved. It is a matter of pride to think that any race is so special that they can look with disdain on another person of God's creation. The moment you turn your nose up on another race, you have insulted God who created that person in his image. Peter had to be given such a vivid lesson because God was going to use him to help usher in the mystery of Gentiles being saved through Jesus Christ alone. First point that we're going to look at today is obedience with a challenge, Acts 10, 21 through 26. Obedience with a challenge. Anybody that says to you, trusting God is a cop-out, and anybody can do that, don't know what they're talking about, and clearly it shows that they have not accepted the Lord as their Savior. There are many people who oftentimes will go to prison and then many will find the Lord there. Some conversions, conversions are genuine, some are not. And some people have the audacity to say that they only got saved because of going to jail or going to prison. God can save people any place, anywhere. And when you consider what a person has to go through as a Christian, people really don't understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It is a road that is narrowly traveled by only a few. There are not many people that find the road of God and find the road to salvation. If God has not chosen you, you're not going to be saved. If God has not chosen you, you're not going to be saved. When we consider the fact that we've been made in God's image, God has placed his seal on the lives of individuals. And yet God is the one that's doing the choosing. You can continue to push God aside. But if God's got a calling upon your life, it's going to come forth. When you consider the fact that the Gentile nation 
was a nation that had been dis that was in disdain. They were disdained by the Jews. They just were hated. They were a group of people that the Jews said, don't ever go into their house because if you do, you will be unclean. When you consider that the Lord, as we were talking about last week, had to show picture, uh, a, a Peter a vivid picture of the sheep being let down from heaven with all types of clean and unclean animals on it. And the Lord telling Peter, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And Peter had the audacity to say, nothing has ever entered into my mouth that's been unclean. The Lord's word, don't you dare call anything unclean that I have cleaned. This wasn't the only time that Peter was going to have to be rebuked for showing his prejudice. Paul would later have to come and show him his prejudice when Peter began to separate himself from the Gentiles when he had been fellowshipping with them. And when some of the other brothers from Jerusalem came down, Peter began to separate and then some of the other Jews began to follow suit and even Barnabas was led astray. We've got to be careful of our influence. God has called people. And the Lord is making it very clear to the Jewish nation that he called Gentiles. That's the mystery of God, that Gentiles too were being saved. Well, God always and clearly has the full picture in view and arranges the details accordingly. You and I clearly don't always have the full picture in view, and we clearly don't have all the details. If God had not given Peter the vision that he did, the likelihood is that Peter would not have gone with the men that the Lord had sent to get him at Joppa. Now the Lord had just told Peter not to call anything unclean. Now, this was not a vision simply about food. It was really a vision about people. But we need to understand, as I said again last week, and this is huge. Let me just say it this way. The food that you grew up with, accustomed to, eating all your life, let's say that it was some food that your, your grandparents made, they gave you recipes, and it was something that was so special. And this, this diet was set apart only for you and your group. It was blessed. It was sanctified. And all your life you were told how special that food was. And one day people said, that food that you ate, it ain't special no more. That food that was set aside, uh, it, it, it doesn't carry the same weight that it's always carried. He said, wait a minute, I thought this food was sanctified, it was set apart. That, it, that's what I've been told all my life. For some of you, it would really do something to your world. Because I know some people like to eat. <laughs> Can you imagine the Jewish people have been have, having been given this special diet from the Lord? They have been told what to eat, what not to eat. It was, a, it was food that God himself blessed. And we mentioned last week that Daniel had refused to eat at the king's table and the food that came from, came from the king's table, King Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, he was willing to put his life on the line and God honored and blessed him as a result. 
Then when we get to chapter 10, the dietary law that God had set in place for the Jews is done away with. And one fell swoop. Can you imagine that what you had not been eating, you had, God had sanctified, it is done away with. There are two meanings. It's not just dealing with food. It was dealing with people, but it also had a direct effect that it was also dealing with what God was doing, that the dietary law of the Jewish nation, it is no longer in effect. That's not what I was calling you to. And God used a vivid picture for Peter. What God has cleaned, don't you dare call unclean. We have a habit today of calling people that, that's not just like us, unclean, are those people. They think they're better than us, think they're better than me. And, and so we will tend to have an attitude with people that, and races we just don't like. The nation and the individuals who preach hatred against another group just because of color is not a group that's blessed by God. Not talking that way. God made people. When the Lord made Adam and Eve, we need to understand that every type of person and gene, every chromosome, everything that would make up the human race were in those two people. Right from the very beginning. And here the Jewish nation had the audacity to say that you are unclean. Can't go into anybody's house. And the Lord had to tell Peter, don't you dare call anything unclean that I've cleaned. The very group that you despise, I'm going to bless them just like I've blessed you. The men that came for Peter had been sent by Cornelius, and without delay, they obey Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion. I'm not going to go back through what I mentioned last week about him in this regard. While, while Peter is still thinking, uh, and, and thinking, and has a, he has a serious, a serious thought adjustment, mind adjustment, when he was up on that roof. Because not only does Peter now have to readjust his thinking, one of the things that Peter also has to do now is he has to welcome them into the house where he is staying. I don't know if many people really have thought about that. We oftentimes think of Peter going to see Cornelius, but Peter welcomed them, Gentiles, into the house where he was staying. you got to think people would have been looking on the streets. What are they doing? Now, Peter's already staying at the house of a tanner. Tanners are people who deal with dead animals. The Jewish people, a person was not to be around, are dealing with individuals that dealt with things that were dead. But we find that Peter is staying at Simon the Tanner's house. Our houses should be places that are inviting, not because, and not because, uh, it shouldn't be places where people can't go. Amen. I, I, my, my mom had furniture. Uh, and, and, and back in the days in the 70s, some of y'all are too young to remember. <laughs> they used to put plastic on the furniture to preserve the furniture. They had, we had a green couch. I think it was green. Wasn't that couch green? Yeah. 
It was a beautiful couch. And it had plastic on the long one and the short one. Anybody had a Jerry Curl, didn't make no difference. It was going to just, just wipe it on off the plastic. You could sit on that couch, and it was fine because that couch was protected. Be careful wearing shorts on those plastic couches because when you get up, it would tend to stick your skin. Year after year, and that couch always looked good because it was covered. We had Sunday dishes. Those dishes were for Sunday, white plates with blue trim. It was kept in the china cabinet. And even though the sign was not there, it said, don't touch me, Monday through Saturday. I am for Sunday after dinner, after church, and you can be, I can be used for dinner, but not during the week. Those were sanctified dishes. Set apart for Cleola Small's exclusive use. I knew on Sundays when I set the table, I could go to that china cabinet and remove those. And there was special silverware down below. Sundays were special. Today, you go to some people's houses, you can't even sit at the table. It is decorated. Nice. It is not for eating at, but we have a situation here where Peter invited these men into the house, and we've got houses today to where people are not welcome. If God sends a person to your house, would they be welcome? <laughs> would they be welcome at your house if a person needs a meal? If a person has needs a place to come and sit down, can they sit on your couch? Is your house off limits? Is your bathroom off limits? We have placed the emphasis in the wrong and on the wrong things, in the wrong things and on the wrong things, and God has said that these things are to be used to honor him. When Peter invited these men into his house, he invited Gentiles that he had considered to be unclean and said, you are now welcome. Provided clothing and or a place for them to sleep and food for them to eat. And the Bible then says the next day they got up to leave. It made no difference what other people on the outside were saying. Walking down the street, I can imagine there were whispers. What is he doing with those men? He can't go into the temple today. He's been defiled. But Peter had an experience with God upon the rooftop. And what God said, don't call anything unclean that I have cleaned. So Peter takes off and goes with these men. And so they start off the next day and Go to Caesarea to see Cornelius. 
This is another test that Peter passes because now as he's welcomed these Gentiles in, the Lord still has not completely told Peter why he needs to go. And as I said before, there are some times and some places that you just need to go because God said you need to go. And not because you have all of the answers. Do you not know that God is in the habit of only giving you partial information to get your full obedience? Some people want to be paid full wages for doing part-time work. I want all of heaven and what heaven has to offer, but I don't want to do what heaven requires me to do. Oh, one day I look forward to being in the presence of God. God says, be holy and faithful. Oh, don't have time for God's obedience. For obedience. Do you not know it's obedience that pleases the almighty God? Today, Peter is on his way because he's been obedient. He's had a revelation. And so they're on their way to see Cornelius. As they travel and reach their destination, Peter is met by Cornelius as he, as he enters the house. And while it is important to give honor to whom honor is due, we are never to bow our knee in an act of worship or praise to anybody but Jesus Christ. There are no exceptions. Not President Obama, not the Pope, not Mary, not St. Peter, nor St. Paul. Not one of these people died for your sins. Nor are any of them called the Son of God. Peter cannot accept the praise of this man and tells him to get up. Because I'm a man just like you are. This is obedience with a challenge from Peter. Because Peter is going to a place and he's going to have to give an account to some of the, the circumcised brothers in chapter 11. But it makes no difference because once you're obedient to God, oh, God has a way of making everything all right when you're obedient to him. Point number two, the presentation of the gospel. Evangelism is not evangelism if the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is not mentioned. As I said, I don't care how good a person sounds. Your testimony may be fabulous and wonderful. Your testimony will not save another person. It can be important to share, and believe me, it might be just incredible and it's great to share. But your testimony is not the gospel of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection. It may be a start, a point sometimes when people say, I want to start, but if the gospel of Jesus Christ is not preached. It will not save. When God told Peter to go, in fact, when God told Cornelius to send for Peter, the Lord was telling him, Peter's got something to tell you. Even though you love me and I have accepted your praise and your worship, they have ascended unto me as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. You need to send for Peter because he has something to tell you. Some of us have been in the habit of saying, let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. If you are saved, 
God has given you a gift or gifts that nobody else can just do just like you. They might be able to do some things, but not just like you. When we present our offerings to God, ourselves to God, God takes us and molds us and makes us. And so when we say, have somebody else to do what God I know has told me to do, it is an act of disobedience. God has gifted you. When Christ came into the lives of his people, he gifted them then. Some of them may have had talents, and, but remember this. When you have Christ, you have everything that you need. No point. You don't have to look for other things. You don't have to look, okay, what else do I need to be now complete? We grow in Christ. We learn, but Christ is the fulfillment of all the scripture. The Lord tells Peter, now go to Cornelius, and Cornelius hears. Now, I need to say this. I don't know if I remember seeing it early and I kept reading, but in this chapter or chapter 11, actually further down, it says that Cornelius was actually praying at three in the afternoon when the angel came. And it's interesting to note that Peter was praying at 12. Those were regular times of prayer in the Jewish within the Jewish culture. It was times that were set aside at the temple at the time of at the time of prayer, nine, 12. A three, six. So Cornelius was at the time of prayer. It showed that he had accepted the what was known at that time as Judaism. He accepted the Jewish religion. He accepted, in other words, the Jewish God, the Jewish Messiah. He rejected the pagans. For him to be praying at three o'clock was actually showing that he had accepted the God of creation and was accepted him and had accepted him and had rejected all of the others. And it's at that time that the Lord came to him in the vision and says, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your gifts have been noticed. While Cornelius has pleased God greatly, it was the word of God that told him to call for Peter. Peter's first words as he begins his message, acknowledge that God is no respecter of persons and accepts men from every nation. That's verse 34. Up until that time, it was a matter of only about four days, three to four days, when Peter got this message, and it changed his whole life. Can you imagine this? Your whole life, you've been following this, and in a matter of days, you've now completely changed. Only God can do it. There are sometimes we have what's called besetting sins. We have areas of our life where there is a sin that just seems to trip us up all the time. It even makes us question our salvation. Am I really saved? I keep just going through. I can't get over this sin. Well, there are some people that don't have a problem with that sin, but They've got a problem with another sin that you don't have a problem with. But there's this sin, and God help me with this. And I seem to always get tripped up right here. There are times where the Lord needs to do a work, and, 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 and somehow we think that when we get saved that all 
of God's grace and provision, which does come, should now free me from everything that I've ever experienced, and I should no longer have to struggle about any of these areas. There are some people that teach that once you accept the Holy or once Jesus Christ comes into your life and the Holy Spirit re begins to reside in your life because of the acceptance of the Holy Spirit, all your problems will be done away with. Your problems begin in earnest. When you have a besetting sin, a sin that just seems to trip you up, you need to do some things that may be completely radical to deal with it. God had to do a radical work in Peter's life because Peter had a real problem with prejudice. God showed him this matter three times, this sheet, rebuked him, and this is the same Peter that healed the man at the gate called Beautiful, spoke to Ananias and Sapphira, and they dropped dead for lying to the Holy Spirit. The same Peter that when his shadow would touch or was, would, would be, some people would just fall under a shadow, would be healed. The same Peter that God blessed tremendously. The same Peter that was the leading apostle. The same Peter that, that was one of the fathers and one of the ones who, who God used to start the Gentiles coming in that God, that God used to actually push the Gentiles into the kingdom. That same Peter was prejudiced, and God had to rebuke him for his sin, yet he was mightily used by God. There are some sins that we might have a besetting sin, and we ain't doing nothing about it. That wasn't Peter. He was rebuked, and he did something about it. You don't have to understand everything to obey. You don't have to understand everything to obey. You just need to obey. And so Peter goes into the house and he acknowledges, I now recognize that God is no respecter of person. I'm going to be done in a few moments. The central theme of Peter's message was not Christ's birth here, but his death and resurrection. The gospel, the good news, must include the death. Let me go back and say it this way. It must include the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It must include the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. That's the gospel. That's what Peter told those that were in Cornelius' house. Salvation cannot be separated from death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Note also in verse 42, I want you to see something really clearly. That in verse 42 of Acts chapter 10, it says, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge. One of the biggest turnoffs for many people today in the world is that they don't want to hear about judgment. But right there in this verse is what Peter 
and the disciples were commanded to preach and to teach was God's judgment. That's the dividing line today for many people. You can't get away from God's holiness. God appointed Jesus as judge. What is to be judged? Sin. God judged Peter. Peter dealt with the sin of prejudice. God sent him. And when Cornelius and his household heard the word of God, the Bible says that as Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell. Now, now I'm going to say this in closing. And I, pr I, I preached this not long ago, but just, just, to, just to briefly touch on this as we close. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell them at that moment. When a person accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes then and indwells the person then. When the Holy Spirit came to Cornelius, you need to think about two things. One, you need, first need to think about when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. Those that were in the upper room, the 120, all were filled. The Lord, secondly, is showing his acceptance of the Gentiles just like he accepted those in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and welcomed them by giving them the Holy Spirit as they heard the word of God. It was a work at that point because the Holy Spirit was still, was, was actually his presence in coming. He was doing a separate work to show that I am here, I am the one on the earth, I am the one anointed, I am the one filling. The Lord says that when I go back, I will send the comforter. Yes, he did. It was a separate work at that point. Yet, I can't just say when. Somebody, I can talk to Pastor Corey, he, he may know. Just when it, it, it changed, but when Christ now, when, when a person accepts the Lord Jesus Christ, it is no longer a separate work. You accept the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit resident at that particular time, right then. There are people today that believe somehow that you have to have a, 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 a second baptism of grace or a second renewal with the Holy Spirit. That if you're prayed for, you need the Holy Spirit to come into your life. The Holy Spirit comes at conversion. When we consider what God did for Cornelius, it was the entire house, the friends and the family that were in the house, mm -hmm. that were brought together, yes. that heard the word of God. Yes. All of them heard. Mm -hmm. All of them were filled mm -hmm. at that moment, yes. at the same time. And the Bible says, Peter says, is there any reason why they cannot be baptized now? Because baptism was a sign of, of a conversion and a change that had taken place in a person's life. If you have accepted the Lord as your Savior, baptism is an obedience to what God has said in his word. It shows that I have identified. It was so huge back here. It was something where it showed one's identity. It showed this group belongs to him. And I've said that before. The Gentiles coming to salvation 
God could have had the angel to tell Cornelius, this is the gospel message, but the Lord didn't do that, do it that way. He said, go sin for Peter. God is elected to choose. He, cho- he is elected to use humans to do the work. He's chosen you. He's chosen me. And when you tell somebody else, go <laughs> for me, because I don't know what to say, they can go, but you need to go along with them to know what to say. <laughs> I think sometimes when it gets t- comes to the word of God, we freeze up. We, we, we feel like, oh, I can't do it. I need to say this. God said that his word will not return void. And that his word is eternal. What Cornelius and those received that day began to change in a world that was exclusive generally to the Jewish nation. It ushered in people that were not initially in that first work that God was doing. Oh, we saw a sample. We saw parts of it as God would do things. But this is the opening. And God used Peter to open it. And he used the apostle Paul to carry it out. And now he calls, us, calls you and me, calls you and me to complete and continue what he started back at this time. I you to bow your heads. If there's anybody in this place that has never said yes to Jesus Christ, then there is no heaven apart from Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you today, in this place here, if you've never accepted the Lord, I want to ask you today, would you be willing to make him your Savior? To say, Lord, let me say it this way. I've run. I've chosen my own way. I confess my sins, Lord. Is there a person today who's never done that and says, today I'm willing to do it because I know that I am not saved. Then, if there's none there, then I want to ask you one other question. If God was to ask you right now, are you doing everything I've called you to do? Could you honestly answer and say, yes, to all of my ability, I am. And then, whatever that answer is, you'd either have to say, Bless the Lord, or, or let, me, let, let me say it this way. If you said no, the next logical question would be then, why not and what are you waiting for? If time is getting short, and we know that time is going to come to an end one day, what are we waiting for? I want you to take that question this week home. And I want you to ponder it this week. Listen carefully. I want you to take this question home. What am I waiting for in doing what I'm supposed to do for God? What am I waiting for? God bless you.